This podcast is dedicated in loving memory and for the Leroy Nishmat of Fegi Batrivka and Aaron and Sarah Kotler. May their memories be a blessing for us. Going to the heart of the matter. Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag, whose 66th Yortzite falls this Yom Kippur, was best known for his focus on the inner aspect of the Torah, the part of the Torah which is known as Kabbalah. Nowadays, to be known as a Kabbalist seems to have taken on a rather dubious meaning, owing to attempts by certain people or organisations to divorce Kabbalah from its Torah context, or even its Jewish context. But this is a grievous distortion of the meaning of Kabbalah. The Kabbalah is an integral part of the Torah. Specifically, it is a part of the Torah Shalbal Peh. Kabbalah is known as the Sod, or the Razindoraita, that is the inner aspect of Torah, because it deals with the heart of Judaism. Specifically, it deals with the quality of our relationship with God. It looks deeply at the principal mitzvot of Yorat Hashem, reverence for God, and Ahavat Hashem, love for God. It deals with the reasons for the mitzvot and shows us how our mitzvot have importance and effect on the spiritual worlds, on our own souls, and on those of others. Kabbalah also describes how we are all interconnected, collectively forming the Knesset Yisrael, and how our work in Torah mitzvot affects and enhances the Shekhinah, the indwelling presence of God within us all. Thus, to be a true Kabbalist, a person needs to be proficient in all the aspects of Torah and to practice the mitzvot of the Torah with full integrity. Only somebody of the highest standards of Torah and of ethical behaviour, and one moreover who has direct perception of the spiritual worlds, could be considered a Kabbalist. And this is the reason that only our greatest sages were also known as Kabbalists. Like the rest of the oral law, the Zohar, which is the central text of Kabbalah, was written down in the aftermath of the Bar Kokhba revolution, at about the same time that Rabbi Yehuda Anossi wrote down the Mishnah, and almost certainly for the same reason. Owing to the disruption in the country and the dispersion of the Jewish community from Eretz Israel at that time, there was grave reason to fear the loss of the Torah Shel of which Kabbalah is an integral part. So it was at that time that the Zohar, a record of the teachings of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, one of the disciples of Rabbi Akiva, was compiled. It seems certain, however, that the great Tanaim, the sages of the Mishnah, were all familiar with Kabbalah, as many traces of the Torah Tassod, the innermost aspect of Torah, are easily discerned throughout the Talmud. The Zohar was written down in a specific rather cryptic language, leaving its interpretation possible only by people of a very high spiritual calibre. This was probably because it was recognised that misuse of the inner meanings of Torah by people with faulty ethical standards could result in grave harm. It was in the 16th century that the godly sage Rabbi Yitzhak Luria, who was known as the Holy Ari, through his deep contemplation on the Zohar, 
perceived and taught the principles of light and vessel, the flow of the goodness of God and the desire for that goodness, which underlies the content of the Zohar. His old teachings were recorded by his main pupil, Rabbi Chaim Vital, during the Ari's brief sojourn in Sfat. But being forbidden by his holy master to teach this work, Rabbi Chaim Vital compiled his notebooks in such a way that only the most pure would be able to decipher them. And over the next centuries, it was indeed only great sages, both Hasidic and non-Hasidic, who had the ability to penetrate the Ari's work. For various reasons, including the devastation caused by Shabbatai Tzvi, it came to be believed, particularly in the Ashkenazi communities, that the study of Kabbalah was inadvisable for the ordinary person. This was not the case in the Sephardi communities, however, who have always maintained their connection with Kabbalah, and much of their liturgy and prayer book contains portions of Zohar and references to Kabbalah and the spiritual worlds. While the Ashkenazi Jewish communities were losing their hold on Kabbalah, Jews and their practice of Judaism were also undergoing the most tremendous upheavals, both spiritual and physical. The rise of secularism and materialist thinking did not pass Jews by, and even the most orthodox communities were affected by it. The devastation caused by these spiritual challenges, coupled with the physical uprooting and loss of Jewish communities of the last hundred years, had left the Jews in a very low state, vulnerable to assimilation. It was this need to bring a new flowering and vitality to the practice of Judaism that inspired the great sage Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag, 1886-1954, to open the wisdom of Kabbalah to the wider community. A great sage, proficient in all aspects of the Torah and mitzvot, he understood that the time for redemption was drawing close and that the souls were ready to receive this great wisdom. Living in a generation blessed with many great sages, Rabbi Ashlag's work of opening Kabbalah was blessed and welcomed by the chief rabbi of Israel, Rabbi Avram Yitzhak Cohen Cook, by the Chazon Ish, by Rabbi Yisrael Alter, the sage of Gore, by Rabbi Yosef Chaim Sonnenwald, the head of the Haredi community, Rav Eliyahu Desla, Rav Eliyahu Lopian, and many others. Drawn to the study of Kabbalah from a very early age, Rabbi Ashag understood the Kabbalah's unique integrating function. Its study brings together heart and mind, feeling and thought, faith and service to God. Proficient in all aspects of Torah Tanigleh, Rabbi Ashag was ordained by the Rabbinate of Warsaw as a Dayan at the early age of 19. Continuing with his studies, he combined his knowledge of the Torah Nigle with his practice of serving God under the mentorship of the great sages Rabbi Sochadov of Belz and Rabbi Yeshua Asher of Borisov. It was the latter who gave him permission to teach the innermost aspect of Torah to others. And this he did, starting as a young man in Warsaw. And then, on making Aliyah in 1921, fulfilling his life's work in Eretz Israel. It was in Jerusalem 
that he set up his bait midrash, teaching the meaning of the work of the Ari to a handful of dedicated students, and eventually compiling his great commentary on the Eitzchayim, the 16-part Talmud Esahasvirot, the study of the Ten Svirot. Rabbi Ashlag wrote this book as two commentaries, the Orpnimi in a light, which is a detailed discussion on the pathways of light and vessel described by the Ari, paying particular attention to defining the terms and language used by the Ari, and the Histaklupnimit, which is a more general explanation of the processes that the Ari describes as the soul evolves from its inception in the Ein Sof, the infinite, through the higher spiritual worlds, until it comes into its unique and paradoxical association with the body in this world. One would expect that in his introduction to this work, the Haktamala Talmud Eshar Svirot, Rabbi Asher would have discussed matters such as Svirot, spiritual worlds, levels of soul and such like. But instead, we find a profound discussion on the nature of Torah, its path and its essence, the love that God has for each and every one of us as expressed through Hashgacha Pratit, the personal nature of the divine providence, and the way our human relationships prepare us for the development of our love for the Creator. Rabbi Ashlag had gone further than simply explaining the work of the Ari on its own terms. He had penetrated the technicalities of the Ari's work and demonstrated that it is actually a detailed description of the pathways of love, the love that God has for us and the love that we give back to God. In fact, the further we go into Rabbi Ashlag's work, the more we discover these pathways of love. We discover the Ta'amei Torah, the reasons for the mitzvot. We discover the importance of love and feeling in our service to God and to our fellow. And our practice of Torah and mitzvot transforms from being one of rote and habit to one that is refreshed and alive. We begin to pay attention to our intentions as to why we're carrying out the mitzvot, and this gives us new life in all our work. Indeed, the purpose of learning Kabbalah as ordinary individuals is to discover the love that lies within the heart of Judaism, the love that God gives each human being, and the love that we are able to give back to God. It was Rabbi Avram Ibn Ezra who stated in his work, Yusod HaMorah, that the essential reason for all the mitzvot being given to us is for us to be able to train the heart. Following the completion of his work on the Ari's Torah, Rabbi Ashlag then turned his attention to looking at the Zohar. By applying the principles of the Ari's Torah to the Zohar, Rabbi Ashlag describes the relationship of each branch in this world with the spiritual root from which each branch stems. And then he considers the processes that the sages of the Zohar are describing in their discussion. In his great commentary on the Zohar, the Sulam, Rabbi Ashag demonstrates that the discussions of the Zohar are in fact descriptions of the soul's relationship with God. For example, we see that the sages of the Zohar discuss what Jacob's intentions really were when he refused to give lentil soup to Esau. And we discover 
that it was for a holy purpose. We find the grief of Avraham and his faith in God when his wife Sarai was taken to Pharaoh's palace. When we understand why our forefathers acted as the way they did, their lives become living inspirations for us. In other discussions, we discover the reasons for the mitzvot, and this inspires us to carry them out with true intention. And it is for this great commentary on the Zohar, the Perusha Sulam, the Rabbi Asher became known as Bala Sulam, the master of the ladder. Rabbi Ashag also wrote articles on the nature of Judaism for the secular Jew of his day, as he understood the need for all Jews to understand more clearly what is the purpose for Torah and mitzvot. But it is clear that his aim was to draw the secular Jew back to the tradition of his forefathers, not to condone the study of Kabbalah without any practical application of mitzvot. Even if we're only able to do a few, that in its own is valuable. Rabbi Asher quotes Rabbi Chaim Vital. A person should not say, I will go and practice Kabbalah before I practice the Torah of the Mishnah and the Talmud, which is the revealed Torah. For the rabbis have already said, no one should study Kabbalah if they've not already filled their belly with Mishnah and Talmud. This would be like a soul without a body lacking any contact with this physical world. A person is not fully incarnate until he becomes involved at the physical level with the mitzvot of the Torah. But the opposite is also true. If a person studies Mishnah and Talmud without also spending time in studying the innermost aspects of Torah and its secrets, he's like a body sitting in darkness, lacking a human soul. He lacks the light of God that shines within. The body becomes dry because it is not taking from its Torah the source of life. And therefore a student who wishes to practice Torah Lishma, Torah for its own sake, needs to start by occupying himself with Torah, Mishnah and Talmud, absorbing as much as the intellect can gather, but then he should turn to the practice of Kabbalah and come to know his creator through it, in the way that King David commanded his son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him. When we integrate our Torah study and practice with the understandings we gain from learning Kabbalah, as taught by a great sage, we begin to discover the true meaning of her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her pathways are peace. It is in Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag's life and works that we see what it means to be a great sage and Kabbalist. But for me, his greatest achievement lies in showing the ordinary Jew, the religious Jew and the not-so-religious Jew, all of us, the love that exists within the heart of Judaism, and opening for us the pathways of our soul so that we too can fulfil the mitzvot with heart and with intention. The Master of the Ladder, the life and teachings of Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag, compiled by Rabbi Ava Mordechai Gottlieb and translated by Edita Cohen, is now available either from www.nahorapress.com or amazon.com and you can also find it in certain bookshops. 
In it, you can read a fascinating account of the inner life as well as the outer life of a great Kabbalist and sage, Rabbi Yehuda Leif Ashlag, the Master of the Ladder. This audio recording is brought to you from the Horus School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehuda Leif Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahorah School online. Details at www.nahorahschool.com or www.nahorahpress.com.